1: What's up, Gus? Nice to see you. Nice to see you. I uh, have some questions here that I've put together. One question on each of the prevailing topics of the show today: Big Sky Conference basketball, okay, the NFL Combine, okay. and full cost of attendance, okay. Right. So I got some questions for you. You may have some questions, for me as well. Uh, so it's it's not it's not a true blindside. Well, it kind of is, but totally it's, is. It's, it's, we haven't seen it. each other since That's corn. Right. <laughs>
0: That's just the first moment I've just realized that I'm in the same
1: room as you <laughs> since then. So. You've- <laughs> There's so many reasons why that was a phenomenal comment that you just made right there. Uh, Let's get into it. Uh, I want to start just with the NFL Combine. Uh, It's going on right now. They do these things by position. uh, For folks, uh, associated fans of uh, the University of Montana Grizzlies, Dante Olson uh, will be participating in that. He just had his measurements today. uh, Six, two, and three-eighths officially his height. The most amazing part about this is that 97%
0: 97% of the guys that go to get measured at anything are never as big as they are,
1: or as never as big as you think. Right. 6'2 and 3.8's 237. Stante Olsen. 237. Which, pounds. which
0: he, he's been 6'4 245 or 248
1: for a couple His years. Whole life, evidently.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, that's, I, I just think it's amazing. I, I guess it just reaffirms when people say that a guy is 6'4 250, how big you actually have mm-hmm. to be. Everson Griffin, think about how big he is. Mm-hmm. He Everson Griffin is 6'4-260. Like that is what 6'4-250 looks like. You know what I mean? Well, and it's it's not to say that 6'2 and three quarters or whatever Dante Olson was and, and 237. I mean he's not this measurement didn't kill him by any means. It's, I mean, no. it's not as if he's like this tiny guy or anything like that. I just think it's so interesting
1: how everybody shrinks at the combine. Well, and that's what, you know, one one thing too about the combine is All the numbers, all of them, both the ones that are absolutely objective, like height and weight, and the ones that are, if you're doing a handheld timer compared to the electronic timer of the 40 and that kind of thing, everything, like when, when, when you know exactly the truth of these things, it's different than the pro days very often (laughs) where you get some numbers and you go, like sometimes you go, who ran, oh, oh, this guy ran a four, two, five. Did he? Did he run a four two five? Bet he didn't run a four two five. Right, because no one runs
0: a four two five. Right, no I, one. <laughs> like Deion Sanders and Michael Vick run four two five. Well, and here's the,
1: the, the example. I don't. I forget the example uh, because you hear this all the time, and then there's one guy who you go, Oh well, he actually did. Tyreek Hill. <laughs> you right. go, okay. Well, maybe so. It's actually but, good right. from
0: David though. David just, just texted that. Yeah. Uh, if this last year on the Grizz website, Dountellson was listed at six three two forty. So I mean, he actually they actually weren't fibbing for him. He that's they give him really, a little roundup. was yeah. a little bit, but yeah. sure. That's what kind of just what it is. Mm-hmm. And the other thing too, includes your six
1: three two forty. This wouldn't surprise me at all. If well, I don't know. You lose weight throughout the course of a football season in general. A ton of weight. okay, a lot of weight. It also wouldn't surprise me if at this point he's not trying to put weight back on. I mean, he's trying to be. He wants to be strong, obviously, but for, for Dante Olsen in particular, I think linebackers in general, okay, you do the bench press. It's what it is, but it is, it's all about how high can you jump, how fast can you move. I mean, that's the stuff, and obviously having a little less weight is generally speaking more beneficial. Than that Here's my question for you, though. Okay, ready. okay, Here we go. What position group do you think the NFL Combine is the most important for, or is there one? Because I realize there's scenarios and situations for individual guys where it's very important. Other guys, it's not yeah, really yeah, that yeah, important. Yeah. But is there a group that you think? Yes, that it
0: yes is? it's corners. I, I think it's almost definitively corners. What do you think? Because I, I, I just I just think that it, corner, uh, a damning forty time is can't hide. nail in the coffin. Yeah. If you run a four six, you're, it's it, it's unless you're. I mean, Joe Hayden is the only corner I can really remember who ran. Like a four five five or above, and still was drafted in the first round, and still was a Pro Bowl style guy. So many guys plummet if they don't run sub four five because that's that's just what you have to have. Yeah, I mean Tremaine Johnson was right there. He ran four five flat, and everybody was like, "Man, is he fast enough?" Which is crazy to say at six foot three. 205
1: pounds or whatever Tremaine Johnson was at the combine. you're four five flat, you're still not fast enough to He ended up going in the third round, uh, Tremaine Johnson did. But yeah, I I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's not, I think it's, I think it's, I think it, I'll say it like this. I think it's progressively more important the more, the more important speed and burst become to the position. So I don't think that the offensive lineman by and large, are that this is as important for them i mean you know you can sit there and watch them do the 38 39 42 reps all day long that that to me has not been an indicator very often of how good these guys are or how how well they've been even drafted or anything it's it's something but it's not that critical and yeah, totally. the 40 like them running the 40 is insane to me like you know it's fun to watch the dancing bears dance but this this is dumb like why are you doing this now the three cone drill I can get with that like where that that matters sure. and you can see stuff there but but by and large it's it's about the film for an offensive lineman. It how, is. how how many guys have you just
0: railroaded well it's like I always say though this time of year when it comes to the combine or your pro day what a scout thinks you might be if you can exceed that no matter what it is they we were reading Dante Olson's Projections, right? And, they, and they, everybody realized his instincts, his nose for the football, but all the pro, the, the NFL analysts are all saying, step slow, play at a small level. If that's what the perception is and you come in and you're a step fast, it helps you just because of just the perception sure. of your prospects. No doubt. And it's just like with, with offensive linemen are you a good athlete? Are you ready to compete? That's yeah. what it comes down to is. Uh, it's a very rare occasion when an offensive lineman walks in the combine and, and can't bust out twenty or twenty-five reps, let alone thirty to thirty-five reps on the bench. But if you can't, what have you been doing? Right? Are you? Why are you not prepared? An this an is, your, this is your. This is your job interview. What, what is going on with yeah. you? But I agree with you on the on the two twenty-five thing too, because a lot of guys are just really good weightlifters. A lot of guys maybe aren't as good of weightlifters. If you have really long arms, doesn't necessarily. Uh, cater to being you, yeah. really good at it, whereas like a guy like Steven Paella, I think he's still a starter in the league, so he's certainly... I mean, the strength is worth uh, where Something. he went in the yes. draft. Yeah. But you look at him, I mean, he's a 6'2 D tackler. I think he's got the
1: record... 49. 49 reps. Because yeah. he's so wide. But, yeah, And he's yeah. 330 pounds, so Because he's his arms extend two inches beyond his pecs. Right.
0: <laughs> Iosua Iosu Peta <laughs> from Weber State. Yep. Last year at the Combine, yeah. he...
1: Bust out thirty nine reps. and He didn't get drafted. He's on the Eagles roster right. now, but he 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 was the was either high or maybe number two in the in the whole group in terms of of the bench. Uh, but the, but you definitely see it. I mean, the wide receivers, Chris Conley, absolutely went in the first round. I mean, DK Metcalf went soared compared to where he was going to go, and 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 so that can help. But again, those are sort of individual circumstances. All right, what's what's your question? Did he, oh, Chris Conley. Chris Conley went in the third. Did he go in the third round from Georgia? That's what, David, you're saying to me? Okay. All right. Nonetheless, he helped himself considerably, uh, Chris Conley, on that. All right, Coulter. what question you got for me? We'll Does Dante there. Olson have more to... Gain or lose at, this, at the combine? Gain.
0: 100% gain. I agree, and I think that he's a, the first FCS prospect in a long time, because I think that there's—it's very rare that a guy comes out of the big sky where you're like, this guy—the the, the perception is always, can this guy play in the F- NFL? Not, this guy can play in the NFL. How big of a risk are we going to take? Right, it's only right. been the Cooper Cups, the Samson Ebucoms, the— um, I'm trying to think of somebody else, Truman Johnson. Scott Gregg. Who 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 at the combine, you're like, okay, this guy's likely getting drafted. It's just a matter of improving his draft stock as opposed to not getting drafted at all or not yeah. even getting invited to the combine. The fact that he's getting invited to the combine in itself, I think, says That's a lot. So. But, but he, I also think that there's a... I think that the best thing... I think so often the perception of what you are coming in the combine hurts a lot of prospects. The fact that people think Dante Olson's slow... And not explosive, yes. I think is is going to help him so much because I, I really do think that there's certain tests that, where he's gonna, just going
1: to blow the mark out of the water. I think I, I think you're right, and I think here's the thing: like at the point that you've been invited to the combine, you have you have crossed a threshold that that's a, a very impressive one. That said, once you just limit it to that group of elite football players, the best football players of this class in the world, okay, almost always the FCS guys are going to be at the very bottom of that group, okay, in terms of perception, expectation, whatsoever, you know, all that kind of stuff. So in general, if you're an FCS player going to the Combine, I think you likely have – far higher to go up than to drop because you're already low. So if you, you know, if you end up being a step slow, well, you know, of course that doesn't help you in terms of getting drafted, getting on a team or whatever, but also maybe it's sort of, okay, well, this is what we thought. But if, like you said, you surprise people and all of a sudden you have a 38, 39 inch vertical leap, all of a sudden you can, you know, run a sub four, seven as a linebacker sub four, six, maybe as a linebacker, something like that you'll go, Oh wow. Okay, that's 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 good. And now all of a sudden, you know, that starts to go up. And again, you only need you only need one, really two. You need kind of two teams to feel like that that they're into you. You know. I know. We, I we don't we
0: don't get get You're stuck gonna, on this because yeah. I want to talk about some of these other things too. But I want to ask you one thing about this. I was thinking about this the other day. Mm-hmm. McKay Murphy from Weber State couple years ago. He's Dale Murphy's son. Dale Murphy, the seven-time all-star baseball player who is kind of the litmus test for the Hall of Fame. If you're better than Dale Murphy, you're in. If you're not, you're not. But McKay Murphy was one of Dale Murphy's, I think, seven or eight sons, Yeah, most of which played college football, half of which played in the NFL. But McKay Murphy, his agent, took videos of him working out before his pro day. He didn't get invited to the combine, but he took videos of him working out. And so then they had that in their back pocket on social media. He had a video of McKay Murphy doing 41 reps on the bench. And then McKay Murphy had his pro day in front of the scouts, got to 29 and tweaked his pec and racked it and said, hey, I could feel it. I didn't want to tear it, but go check out my Twitter. Now, I think that there's a chance where you could fudge some numbers when it comes to the times, but there is no... There's no fudging 41 Presumably, reps. Presumably,
1: unless, you know, you, you rubber uh, in weights, in real right. quick, you know, whatever, but yeah. Coulter, I don't know about you, but anymore, I just imagine the internet like taking a walk in the park. What do I mean by that? Well, basically, anybody can watch me all the time because I'm in the most public of places, no matter what it is that I'm doing. Even if I'm sitting at a, a, a restaurant talking and my phone sitting there, I assume the president's listening to me because this is the level of paranoia I've got if I ever had a business that had to function online, I don't know what I would do. Actually, yes, I do. I would be completely secure with Blackfoot Communications because I know at least they know how to keep this thing locked, secured, and private for me as a business owner.
0: Your level of paranoia is certainly concerning, but also in some ways justified because this day and age, you do have to keep yourself safe. We have electronic tracking devices in our pockets we're on the computer all the time and you never know when the bad guys might come to get your information and all sorts of other things as well blackfoot certainly has you
1: covered when it comes to keeping you secure at blackfoot communications they do deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup all of it for businesses across the great state of montana they ensure your company's network is online all the time, safe, secure, and running as it needs to be. For more information, visit goblackfoot slash business. I mean, I mean was, what do you what do you think
0: of the uh, the concept of archiving some of your stuff so that even if you don't perform on that specific day? So, in other words, what I'm getting at is that Dante Olson, according to people at Montana, has had a consistently 41 inch vertical and as high as a 43 or 44 inch vertical.
1: Yeah, I mean, I. I just don't if know. If you have a I video of so that, high.
0: though, then that, if you, it, it is what it is. The vertical yeah. test, it is what it yeah. is. So if you have a video of that, I would just say, I would keep that
1: in my back pocket. I just don't know if there is that. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think of that concept? I mean, I I think it's good. Like, you got, I, I I think it's there. I mean, if you're not, especially if you're not going to the combine, I think at the combine, there's... Part of it a big part of it is what are your numbers what can you do but I think there's another part of it is there's a lot of pressure on these guys at the combine okay this isn't fun this is this is this is hard not just hard work doing it but right. it's it's stressful and strenuous you are at a job interview to go to the NFL right I think scouts and coaches and GMs want to see can you do it here and now? Totally. When, when 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 the lights are on and when you are on NFL network and when we're all in the building, okay, it's great when you feel good in your gym and you work, the, you know, up to the thing, but now like, okay, your number is called. Go out. How fast can you run right now? Show me that you can rise to the occasion. And I think that is important. So I think that factor gets lost. But sure, like I mean, like you said, you can do forty one reps on the bench and it's there and you can say, look. This is what I could do then. I mean, it's kind of hard to, you know, argue that fact I know we're gonna get into more about the combine but one last point as far as the way that Dante Olsen's
0: performance fits into this thing I think to me He knows what his numbers are and what he can do and it's just gonna come down to calming the nerves and doing it Mm -hmm. Especially with the the freak shows that are in the linebackers group now Like last year when you were watching Devin white from LSU test, there's no pressure on this kid he straight knows he runs 4.45, and, I, I mean, he does everything. I mean, his, yeah. his combine was must-see. I mean, he ran a 4.42 last year, 39 and a half inch vertical, 10, 9.10 broad jump, 22 reps on the bench. I mean, he's That's doing that t- on t- a t- bad day, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. If, you, if you're running 4.42 in, in your underwear in front of everybody, then that means you've been doing that forever. I mean, you yeah. there's no... That That's a lot of gifts that you have there. I, all I'm saying is that I think that if Olsa just stays within himself and doesn't look at the other guys around him, he's got a really good chance to put up some big numbers. I, I just really do feel, Ro, the one thing I hope is just for his sake and the people in, in this state that have watched how dominant he's been that he doesn't, it's not, doesn't come up completely way. short yeah, because yeah. it would be – I mean, if he went out and like threw down a 4 8 40, that would really be disappointing. Well – but I don't think it would. I, yeah. I think just in terms of the hype around him, I don't think yeah. it would kill his draft yeah. Sta- yeah. status or his NFL prospects. Stu Tell
1: two nine ESPN Radio. I should just rephrase that. It would kill his draft status, it wouldn't kill his NFL prospects. Um, We move on to full cost of attendance. I have a question for you on this briefly. Okay. okay. Lear Costello going to be on the show uh, as our ESPN roundtable. You talked with him about this. The discussion about full cost of attendance. Is, he taught me a lot, actually. Yeah, and it's and it's in there. It's, it, I think it's going to be very informative for a lot of people. But he, one of the things that comes out of that, you don't have to give. You can give any amount of money up to the full full amount that is allocated to you. And in, in, right. in Montana State, it's like thirty seven hundred dollars. And
0: we also mentioned that there was Title Nine involved. The Title Nine is more specific than what I had broadly said. I said that. It was Title IX, like, you have to have it for every student athlete. That's not true. You just have to offer it for the same percentage of your population. So the reason that throws it off is because if you do give it for football, now you have to find an equal amount of women's sports, and there's very few women's sports that have the
1: numbers that a football team is going to have. So I'm going to restrict this to just football, and I'm going to say this as a full 100% deal, not a half cost of attendance or whatever. Okay? The point of this is to get players to come and play for your football team. Okay? Yep. How many more players do you think will say would say yes to Montana or to Montana State than currently do so if they had the full cost of attendance, $3,700, as part of the scholarship package?
0: I think it's really hard to say because I think that... Right now, they're not really using it in recruiting, so it's hard to say who would bite on it with recruiting. Well, right? You can't use it in recruiting. It doesn't exist. Totally, but what I'm saying is that like right now, Bobby Hawk is almost exclusively looking for developmental-style prospects, mm-hmm. so he's not going up against schools that offer full cause of attendance. A couple guys, that was the case. I mean, Brandon Casey, who we had on the show a couple weeks ago, he got mm-hmm. an Oregon State offer late, but he told us. He said, I chose Montana because of proximity to my home, my familiarity with the program, and the fact that they have such great tradition and I just want to win. So the full cost of attendance that Oregon State could have offered him is not really a deciding factor sure. one way or the other. But most of why Jeff Choate was standing on the table about this before the playoffs is because of the North Dakota State thing. Yeah. And they have it and he thinks it's an advantage for them. And it is an advantage for them, but by and large Montana State's not recruiting in the Midwest where all the school, a lot of the schools in that
1: area have it. I mean, I guess my question: you're, you're recruiting twenty-two to twenty-four guys a year, right. right? Okay, in your in your recruiting classes. Yep. So now you have full cost of attendance for everybody, but I got to think that a majority of those kids are probably going to go to your school anyway. When you're talking right. about the in-state kids that want to play at you know, Bozeman or Missoula and, right. and and whatever it is. So it's a lot of money to gain. I don't know how many guys. I mean, I would think maybe in a best case scenario five right. in any given year, and often
0: maybe just one or two. Because, because especially we're talking about Montana State. What are they using in recruiting? The the, the two things that they the three things they're using in recruiting more than any other pitches are the quality of the education, especially if they can identify engineering-oriented yeah. students. Because Montana State right now is absolutely a world-class engineering school. No, there's no question. It's one of the best engineering schools in the country. So they're finding kids that, that fit that academic mold. They're selling all the momentum of the community of Bozeman. When you talk about facilities, they're athletic facilities, are are good and on the way to be coming better mm-hmm. but it's the non-athletic facilities it's the student facilities like that new yellowstone dorm that they have that's yeah. on par with anybody yeah the two mess halls they got the yeah, rendezvous there's, there's dining hall of,
1: there's a lot of single like like you know like single family you know whatever groups that are like hey let's move out of our house and move into the dorms this i mean is all right the, the miller dining hall and the rendezvous dining hall at uh, those are, are as good as it gets in the West. So you know, they're, I, they're I, using I, that. And I'm and failing myself, man. Because when I go to Bozeman, I like you know I like to sample around. I go to some of the restaurants. So I just I gotta go. I gotta go in there, put my money oh, down. Absolutely, that's one of the, thing, the best deals in town. It's eight bucks. You eat uh, whatever you want. Oh,
0: And it. then the third thing they're selling is early playing time for out of state guys who maybe are Mountain West caliber or you know fringe FBS guys. So then. If you have full cost of attendance, I still think even with if you had it, it's still fourth on the list. Yeah, I, I think if Montana too, if you have it, it's a feather in your cap certainly. But as of right now, what the way Bobby Hawke is recruiting, he's looking for he's looking for guys who want to be a part of something okay. and guys that want to be a part of the program. What's your question? Well, it's funny. I, that's funny. I asked my cost of attendance question was very similar, like okay. how much of an impact would it have, or is yeah. it necessary? So we'll move on. I want right. so my big CI basketball question yeah. is this. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. We're going to have um, Shane Burkar on from Northern Arizona here momentarily. And uh, right now, in the offseason, there was there was a mass uh, changeover in coaching, right? You had new coaches at Montana State with Brian Fish getting let go, Don Verland getting fired at Idaho, um, Bill Evans getting fired at Idaho State. Yep and, and Murphy leaving Jack at Murphy yep. at Northern Arizona. Mm-hmm. W- with those four guys, take Bill Evans out of it. And I think this is actually the irony of it. Bill Evans was not the hotshot recruiter who came from the big time, came from a Power 5 program, or you know, coach for a coaching legend. He was just the solid dude who had won a ton of basketball games between his time at Southern Utah, his time as an assistant at Montana, and then at Idaho State. And I think that because I think Bill, I, in my opinion, Bill Evans is a much better basketball coach than Idaho state ever deserved Mm -hmm. in terms of the disadvantages that that program had. And because I really like coach Evans and he just done a lot for me in my career, it sort of makes me happy that Idaho state sucks because (laughs) the guy is 70 years old. You could have just given him a year to year contract. He would have signed it. And when it was time to go, he would have had a conversation with you, but then to fire him, it's humiliating. And so the fact that they are not as talented and not playing as hard and they're in last place, sometimes you get what you deserve. Mm -hmm. But I think it's very interesting to analyze the other three programs.
1: NAU, Idaho, and
0: Montana Montana State. State. You're not going to find a better recruiter than Brian Fish. You're not going to get a better talent to Montana State than Tyler Hall. Mm -hmm. You're not going to find a guy who's going to do a better job at Idaho in terms of navigating the challenges there and get talent like Vic Sanders and Trayvon Allen and Perrion Collindret to the University of Idaho. I mean, it's been a long time since they won 20 games there, and it might be a long time till they do it again. Mm-hmm. And NAU, I mean, Jack Murphy had worked in the NBA. He'd worked at multiple Power 5 schools. These three guys are slick recruiters. They're going to bring in a ton of talent. But all three of their programs, particularly NAU and Montana State, were missing a little something. What was it? No, really, no one could really put their finger on it. Well, I wanted to ask you this. Again, I don't think that you're going to find guys that are better recruiters at those three schools. But I, but for whatever reason, it hardly mattered. Idaho had the one really good year, but then just completely yeah. went down the drain in the tournament. But I think it's ironic because now you have guys that have no What's real— What's your question? Well, the, the, I mean, the guys that are there are getting their guys to just play their absolute butts off yeah. without the pedigree. But what is it going to do to the landscape of the league? Because on one hand, I mean, there, there, there's no question to me why NAU is, is better than people think because Jack Murphy's a great recruiter. He just wasn't a great coach. Mm-hmm. He had problems with player retention. So I guess my question is, what's better for the big sky to have guys that are fully invested that maybe aren't the brand name headliner type coaches that are going to bring brand name headliner type recruits in? you got the blue collar coaches and the white collar coaches. That's basically what I'm asking. What's better for the overall league? Because I think on one hand, the guys who are out at those schools, I don't know if you're going to bring in as talented players ever again, but that might not necessarily
1: be what it, what they needed to have success at those programs. Blue collar coaches, it, 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 I mean, if we, if, if that's how I'm understanding guys who are great quote unquote coaches, when you talk about basketball and guys who are able to get great talent in, if those are your two options, the former is the one that's better. The ability to be a great coach in house rather than, you know, bring in the great guys. We've seen plenty of very talented teams who have, who have not lived up to what their potential was, uh, Said the way you become a great co- recruiter to me. I mean, there, there's some guys who are they're great talkers, they're great salespeople, whatever, however you want to talk about, it, and they can go in and they can do the deal, they can do it. They're they're very well connected and all that kind of stuff. But Tom Izzo was nobody that anybody had really ever heard of outside of the state of Michigan when he took over the job. Now, I mean, I I'm, he had a great pedigree, got a job at a Big Ten school, but you understand what I'm saying. Duke was a nowheresville to be before Coach K got there, okay? Right. The point is, the key to being a great coach is being invested. I mean, there's lots of keys to it, and there's lots of things that these guys do well. But if you are invested in the place that you are at, you can be successful, and then success breeds success. I mean, there is, at this point with Travis DeCure as the head coach at the University of Montana, a momentum about this program in this conference that outshines all the other ones. I mean, that, 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 you know, if you're talking to kids who are 16, 17, 18 years of age, the last two seasons, they, you know, they can go in and say, this is what we've done. This is when we've gone to the NC two a conference. This is uh, a tournament. This is what we've accomplished. Right. And with him still being here, that, you know, in Missoula, that breeds on itself. Is Travis de cure a great recruiter or is Travis deCure a great coach? Both. I agree with you. So that the the point is, is that he can get kids in, but also he can get kids in because of what they've already done. I mean, he's got a great pedigree as a recruiter, but right. also he can say, Not only can you come play for this tradition, but you can come play for me now. Like he couldn't say that his first year, right? I mean he, sure. He he couldn't say he couldn't sell himself per se, as look at what I've done, look at what we've done as a staff since we've been him on. Now he can do that. Guys who are able to stay long enough to create that, and it's hard to do, you got to be good in the first place, build on themselves. But at a place like the Big Sky Conference, I mean, you always need talent. Of course, the best talent you can get. But it's so much more about playing hard, playing well, playing fundamentally sound, however you want to talk about it. To be successful,
0: I totally agree. But well, Montana has such tradition, and that's what we've learned and uh, trying to teach everybody with this Grizz Greats The Coaching Tree podcast series. It's so much bigger than Travis DeCure or, or anybody else. It's about all of these guys. And obviously, I think that Coach cure in certain ways, is as good of a fit, and Montana should feel as fortunate as any coach they've ever had to have him in certain elements yep. because of his pride and his alma mater the way he's able to fuse the advantages and disregard the disadvantages at Montana. Yep. But I, I guess what I'm saying is that I think that when you take a look at Montana state specifically, the Danny Sprinkle example, Brian Fish just wasn't a good fit at Montana state. He brought in tremendous talent and they just couldn't make it work for a full season. And I think that he would even admit that to this day. And I think he he feels bad about it, but he tried hard and yeah, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out. You move several ways. I think sprinkle in terms of understanding the advantages and disadvantages of Montana State is a perfect fit. Yeah, Idaho. Who knows? Who knows where they go with Zach Klaus? They just removed his interim tag yesterday. I just think you're going to be hard pressed to get Vic Sanders to Moscow, Idaho, this day and age, unless you are a slick recruiter. And Don Verlin was a great recruiter because of his time working under Stu Morrill for all those years. And NAU, I'm be- so interested to see. What Shane Burkhardt does, because watching him coach when I have, uh, when he's been on the, uh, you know, watching him on Pluto TV, watching the live stream, he's an incredibly demanding guy. He's a disciplinarian. He's going hard at these guys. I think he's gotten their chemistry to mesh much better than any of Jack Murphy's last three teams. That said, talent was way far down the list as far as the issues that Northern Arizona's had. Mm-hmm. They've, honestly, Jack Murphy was such a good recruiter and such a recruiting machine I thought and NAU's biggest issue the last three years was having too many guys. Mm. Too many good players. He brought in transfers from all over the place. He recruited high-level guys from all over the country. He used every connection he ever had, but then they'd get in there. There's only one basketball, so yeah. they wouldn't get along, and so you'd just be butting heads. But now Burkar forced a couple guys out. Now he's got a core of four, and they're ab- above-average solid, back- solid basketball team. That said, where does he go from here? Right if he doesn't have the
1: dudes that Jack Murphy left him, it's going to be an interesting analysis. Speaking of Shane Burkar, he joins us right after this. Coulter, I don't know about you, but anymore, I just imagine the internet like taking a walk in the park. What do I mean by that? Well, basically anybody can watch me all the time because I'm in the most public of places, no matter what it is that I'm doing. Even if I'm sitting at Uh, a a restaurant talking and my phone sitting there, I assume the president's listening to me because this is the level of paranoia I've got. If I ever had a business that had to function online, I don't know what I would do. Actually, yes, I do. I would be completely secure with Blackfoot Communications because I know at least they know how to keep this thing locked, secured, and private for me as a business owner.
0: Your level of paranoia is certainly concerning, but also in some ways justified because this day and age, You do have to keep yourself safe. We have electronic tracking devices in our pockets. We're on the computer all the time, and you never know when the bad guys might come to get your information and all sorts of other things as well. Blackfoot certainly has you covered when it comes to keeping
1: you secure. At Blackfoot Communications, they do deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup, all of it, for businesses across the great state of Montana. They ensure your company's network is online all the time, safe, secure, and running as it needs to be. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. We were kind of double-booked, Coulter. You were down at the uh, University of Montana talking with Coach DeCure and some players, and so I was here speaking with him, so you'll it'll just be uh, he and I on this interview that you're about to hear, but really interesting to talk to him. I want to talk more about this after we listen to it because I think once you hear a guy who just about everybody listening will probably be listening to for the first time, the head coach of the Northern Arizona men's basketball team, I think you'll be uh, really impressed. So here you go. First-year head coach of NAU, currently in fourth place in the Big Sky Conference. Shane Burkart. Off we go now to the Rankings Brothers RV phone line, and we welcome in the first-year head coach of the Northern Arizona Lumberjacks who hosts the University of Montana Thursday and then Montana State on Saturday, Shane Burkar, Coach, thank you so much for being with us. How are you?
3: Good, Ryan. Thank you for having
1: us. Well, certainly happy to have you on. And I'll tell you what, what an impressive season you've had. I think that, uh, you know, expectations externally were not very high with uh, Coach Murphy leaving and you coming in for a first year, but you've proven everybody wrong. But I think you had an idea that you could be pretty good. What gave you that confidence?
3: Well, no, I think that's exactly right. You know, I know we were picked eighth and ninth, depending on what publication you read, and you know, I was here last year. I was fortunate enough to be here last year as an assistant coach, and I know these players are here, these young men, student-athletes, and uh, there's just something about them. I think um, they, even with Coach Murphy, would have had a successful season here. Um, and we're not done by that, but I appreciate you noticing that. And just the expectations of our guys and knowing them uh, gave us, I think when you always get a job, you always have a good sense of your team and also high expectations early and Fortunately, so far we've been able to do that throughout this season. You know, it's so
1: interesting too because you spent a lot of years as a head coach at the high school level in in, in the area, but you came on. You've only been the head coach, you've only been on the staff one year prior to being the head coach now this year. I know turnover is part of the coaching deal, but it's always uh, interesting to me to see how coaches navigate when a coach leaves, and you got upperclassmen who maybe only have one or two years left to kind of do that, and not having the history with the team. How did you integrate yourself to get buy-in from you know guys like Brooks to Bishop and so on?
3: Well, you know, our athletic director Mr. Mike Marlowe he said it best in June when we talked. He said, Shane, just be yourself. And, and that really put me at ease. And I was going to be, uh, you know, I was a longtime head coach. We had a lot of good players. So, you know, I, I just think build those relationships. I think any good coach knows the game. They know the X and O's. But I think the next level coach really understands their players and cares for them. And i just been lucky that I just naturally care for people. And I just think last year being fair to them, being hard with them, I think I had that instant credibility with them from a coaching point point of view, and just the respect of them. And uh, I just think it's important to treat people right. Obviously, as a coach, you know you still are the authority on things. There's a fine line, but I just built that relationship with the guys last year. And the other thing is, we have such a good university here at Northern Arizona that um, I think like being here in Flagstaff and going to school.
1: Shane Burkhardt joining us. He's the head coach at Northern Arizona of the men's basketball team in his first year there, currently NAU in fourth spot, holding a bye position at 9-8 and eight in the league. And, Coach, Northern Arizona has tremendous basketball tradition at the school. What are some of the advantages or maybe some of the disadvantages, too, but of, of that school and that place when it comes to, to men's hoops?
3: Yeah, I don't think there's any disadvantages. I think if you speak of disadvantages, nothing more than an excuse. You have to make your job. Your situation, uh, wherever you are in the country, the best that you can. I think our location is really a good spot. And yeah, I think some people would use that against us, but we could really recruit the Valley, our Arizona kids well. Uh, you're just two hours from being from home. And, you know, we, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you understand the APR, Ryan, and, and maybe the listeners don't necessarily do, but we've had a lot of success in the state of California. The last 48 APR points, we've had 47. So, you know, that five and a half. The six-hour radius has been really good to us. And um, I think people like the four seasons here. And uh, you spoke about the tradition. Uh, it's been 20 years since uh, the school has been in an NCAA tournament. But I think anybody who follows college basketball knows there's been a lot of good teams since then. And, you know, I've said this, and I'm not trying to sell the program at all. I'm just answering your question. is I think this place is a goldmine. I think with my experience... Being from you know Phoenix area and coaching at at Metro area for so many years, I just I really believe in this place, and um, we, we can hope to continue to grow this.
1: You know, right now, you're sitting there in a, in, in a in great position, and it's all about really trying to get a buy. I mean, going into Boise, that's kind of the key to the whole thing, the main thing that you can play for. And you got two good teams coming through this week in, in Montana and Montana State. How do you go about navigating that? Because you only have three games left in your season. You're kind of a game up on everybody in terms of the number that you've played. So this becomes, obviously, a very big weekend for you to hold that spot, right?
3: It is. You're exactly right, Ryan. It's a, an exciting weekend here for us. Uh, one of the biggest weekends that we've had in several years, I know. And, uh, you know, how we navigate it is just day by day. And I know I'm coach speaking a little bit, but, you know, when you got somebody like Coach Claire's, um program coming up, you know, two time big sky champion and representing our conference in the NCA, you just, it's an opportunity to play against a first place team. And you don't make it bigger than it is, and you, you most certainly don't want to downplay it either. It's just an exciting time, and, um, you know, we'll give our best effort. We're excited to play them. And then, you know, obviously Saturdays and other big games we're fighting with Montana State to do, uh, you know, get that first round by, as you mentioned. But, you know, it's just a day-to-day thing, and uh, we have great respect for both coaches and programs. You know, obviously I'm I'm relatively new to this part, but I, I'm well aware of the big sky from the several years of. The uh, funny thing is both of the head coaches recruited uh, some of my guys out of my high school, so I'm well aware of their knowledge and their expertise in this game.
1: Right, uh, Shane Burkard joining us, head coach of Northern Arizona, and coach y- your point guard Cameron Sheldon has been absolutely outstanding this year one of the one of the sort of uh, most improved players in the conference. What what has made him so good for you?
3: His work ethic. Uh, Cam is somebody who's innately motivated. He's somebody who takes himself extremely serious, uh, whether it's in a classroom, anything that you talk about. And, um, you know, he's one of those players that you take yeah, care. I Man, just work out once today, take it easy, rest your body. Um, he's super motivated to be the, as good as he possibly can. And his confidence in himself is so fun to watch. And he doesn't back down to anybody. And, and the other part of it, too, Ryan, is he's a year older. And... Um, He's really empowered himself and I like to think as a staff we have too and step and be a leader just because of the character he carries himself with.
1: Well, coach, we certainly appreciate your time. Looking forward to both these games uh this weekend and Flagstaff, and, and keep the academic progress rate rolling. You know what I mean? That's a big key. So you gotta keep the APR going and uh we appreciate you being with us.
3: Yeah, well thank you very much and uh, hey we really enjoyed our time up in Montana in December and um um, you know, the, the fan base up there is really fun to watch. I know they had a big game Saturday at Montana State. So we appreciate you thinking about us and reaching out to us and um, giving our thoughts for the games.
1: Absolutely. Well, we appreciate your time. Thanks, Coach.
3: Okay, thank you. Have a great day.
1: There you go. Shane Burkar, head coach of the Northern Arizona men's team. I mean, this Northern Arizona has been – Probably the biggest mystery in terms of who they are, what they are, uh, uh, you know, of, of all the teams in the conference, because not only is it a first year head coach, but it's a first year head coach. It's only in the 2nd year there and right. a bunch of guys, you know, a lot of turnover on the team and so forth, not entirely, but, but a, a significant amount. And. All of a sudden you look up. I mean, they've had turnover across the entire university at this point. Right, right. Because, I mean, Lisa Campos who was the athletic
0: director for a long time there, she moved on. Now Mike Marlowe, who he mentioned, who has a lot uh, deep roots in Montana, yep. is there. Jerome Sowers, gone after 22 yeah, years Ball's at the helm. The Chris coach. Ball's yeah. the head coach. You yep. get rid of Jack Murphy. Lori Payne's only in her third year. So in mm-hmm. terms of revenue sports, it's all brand new at NU. Yeah.
1: yeah, no doubt. But uh, it, it's certainly enjoyable to talk to him. And I, I thought he uh, came across as just a very sort of uh, 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 you know, genuine and and kind guy, and and somebody who's you know he's been a high school coach basically right. his whole career. Right. So he is only in his second year at the college level, and I, I think you're seeing a guy who clearly knows basketball. Now we'll see as the cycles begin and it's the recruiting and it's the division one side of this stuff. If he's a guy who's able to, you know, navigate that with, with, with savvy. But like you said, I mean, look, man, we're, we're in Arizona. We're very close to Phoenix. We're not far from Las Vegas. Like we got a lot of things where we can go find some kids and we don't have to go all that far to get them.
0: Northern Arizona. So many coaches are going to tell you that I think that this place has a chance. This is a hidden gem. This is a sleeping giant. There's only a couple schools in the big sky where that's actually true, but I right. think it's more true at Northern Arizona than almost anywhere else besides like the rural state schools like in Montana where you're just you're the biggest show in town, so the intrinsic advantages are just so – there's so many of them. Yeah. But NAU, I mean, there's 31,000 students at NAU right now. Flagstaff is a sweet college town. You're in Arizona, but you're not in the heat of Phoenix. Yeah. There's all sorts of outdoor activities. I mean, you can drive two hours down the hill to go to Phoenix if you want the sunshine – but you're sitting there, 6,500 feet plus. You got skiing and biking and hiking, and also, I mean, I've never understood why they haven't been able to get it rolling. And they have the interesting factor where, especially in football and men's basketball, they almost always the best players. And you are the best, some of the best players in the conference. Mm. They just can't seem to fill out the rest of the roster. And I don't know what has been the thing that's eluded them. Yeah. But you, you want to know why? Yeah, tell Let's me. Let's hear it. It's because nobody in Arizona cares about sports other mm. than Arizona basketball. Yeah, That's Right. It. Right. It's it's so
1: interesting. It's such a good point. I mean, this is a guy who went to Arizona State boys and girls, David Graff, or at least your girlfriend went. Did you actually attend Arizona State? No. But I you spent a lot of time in Arizona going to Sun Devils events I've and been various to way things. more sporting events. Right. ASU variety than I should have gone to. Yeah, <laughs>
0: it's it's so no. It's a great point, David, because um I mean, like the Arizona Cardinals, they're trying to they're selling their season tickets for like seven hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, like less than a hundred bucks a ticket for the NFL. I mean, it's it's very interesting that there's not the fervor for sports as there are uh, around the rest of the country. Can I
1: get season tickets to Rage Against the Machine? I wonder.